should it be called? Dash of Ting or Dash of Tinger? It was a lot of work, very stressful, but I loved it, so it was worth it. I love naps, <laughs> so I nap whenever I get a chance to. Hey everyone, this is Aaron Ashley Simon, and you're tuning into Real Gems. In today's episode, we break bread figuratively with a food influencer who mixes creativity, knowledge, and authenticity together. And she goes as the moniker Dash of Ting, aka Tinger. She's a force to be reckoned with. Not only is she a content creator, but she also helps to consult rising creators. Let's take a look at her recipe for success and also her overall journey and perspective. Please welcome Tinger. Hey, you, yeah, you, the person who's tuning into Real Gems. 98% of you are not subscribed to Real Gems with Aaron. If you love my content, make sure you hit that subscribe button, please. I would love more of you to join me in my journey. So go ahead and do it. All right, let's get back to the show. Tinger, it's so great to have you. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. And I'm really excited because I am, I think I told you, I'm a massive foodie. I love food. I don't cook as much. I like to eat more. And the content you make is, you have a very interesting, unique twist to it. I know you say that you started out with like really getting to healthy food. Mm -hmm. Then you started implementing like you doing unique things like during the World Cup and all that mm -hmm. stuff. But I, I guess like, how did you start? Like, how did you get into all this? So I originally started because I wanted a way to find healthier cuisines, but you know, with the international palate, um, I just don't think that the green goddess salad cuts it for me. Sorry, I know it's very popular, but <laughs> it doesn't. So I wanted to eat my Chinese food, Mexican food, you know, Middle Eastern food, um, and I wanted to find different healthy ways of doing that. So there are a lot of different ways that you can have those foods that are relatively low carb, and that's how I had been eating earlier. That because it made my stomach feel good. And I created those recipes. I posted it online on my blog to share with other people. And eventually it just uh, took off and I started posting on social media. I'm glad you did that because I feel like healthy foods, there's such a stereotype that like if it's healthy, it is like, not seasoned or not flavorful, which is not true it's because not. a lot of different like cultures, whether it's, uh, you know, various different Asian community cultures or Hispanic cultures, like there are healthy options and actually tastes good. And so when you started this content, you, you had a blog and then eventually you started integrating it in, integrating it into Instagram. What was that process from like taking this idea, taking this thing where you're like, okay, this is something, a solution to something that I always wanted to like have, a, like I had a question about. Um, how did you transition it into like, all right, creating the video content, having social media, having like a whole plan? Yeah, so I ha I was ahead of the game because I worked in digital advertising on the corporate level for many years. And I realized like if I want to influence more people, I need to put on social media and Instagram was getting gaining uh, popularity. So how did you go from a blog to Instagram? What was that transition? So I initially worked in corporate digital advertising, so mm -hmm. I knew that if I wanted to influence more people, I would have to be on social media. And at the time, it was 2015, Instagram was hot or becoming hot, and I was like, okay, let me just start posting my photos on there um, to inspire people to think outside the box of like, hey, this these foods actually exist and are healthy. Um, so if you think about like, 
I want to eat Mexican food, and you think like tacos, burritos, maybe it's a little bit heavier, not as healthy, but there's also ceviche, there's cactus salad. Those things are much healthier and lighter, but it's still Mexican and it mm-hmm. still has a lot of flavor. From that agency work, um, it's actually interesting because like some creators, they just let, like the content creation process and what and them starting their career is like, it's a first for them. And there's some creators where we had a career prior, um, a nine to five, et cetera. Um, like even I had that. What was like, did you have a transitional moment where you're like, all right, this is starting to pick up momentum. What does this mean? What decisions I have to make for my career moving forward because of this? Like what, what was that process for you? So it was funny, and hopefully I don't get in trouble for this. Oh no! But I worked at a company that helped influencers and brands work on campaigns together. So mm-hmm. that was my one of my corporate jobs. And at the time, I had just started doing Facebook Lives on Tastemade, and because my boss at the time was well into the social media, you know, industry. At some point, I was like, "Man, he's gonna know that I'm doing these lives, and I should." probably have to like leave because it would end up being a conflict of interest so I I, I decided to take a leap of faith and I was like let's just go all in were you did you have any fears or anxiety from taking that leap of faith yes (laughs) I think there's always gonna be a sense of fear like oh my gosh am I gonna make it and this is back in 2018 when I went full-time and the influencer market was still growing but it wasn't as strong as it is now so it was a little bit scary mm-hmm. um, luckily I relied heavily on my knowledge on how to work with brands uh, I've worked with many fortune 500 mid-tier brands across the entire US so I understood what they were looking for in terms of their goals and who their potential consumers could be mm. and then I would just align my audience with those particular brands that seemed to be like a fit for them coming from the agency world like when you first started like what was the first thing that you're like okay I need to do this this is crucial and important for the foundation of like my content creation process my brand like what was that first thing video video back then was not a priority for people on social media it was all about pictures and the aesthetics of that but because I came from the advertising world I knew that a lot of budget was shifting from TV to video video ads and so I told myself if I want to be ahead of the game I need to start hosting live shows and I need to create videos I'm not saying my videos were great but it was definitely performing better than my actual um, like photo posts themselves mm-hmm. and, and for you okay so this is something that I deal with where you have a lane you have an idea but you're just like okay there's a lot it's overwhelming there's so much you can do there's so many kinds of foods that you can start with and create content how did you conceptualize and say all right let me figure it out like I can go any direction with, with when it comes to food content but this is where I want to narrow it down to this is what I want to start out with like how did you manage to do that First, I started with like different tips on how to eat healthier by making small tweaks, like creating um, cauliflower tortillas before mm. the keto and low carb was popular. So making those types of tweaks definitely helped. And then as I progressed into other foods that maybe people were asking me about or foods that I actually loved, that's kind of where it took off. Man, I, oh, I. 
I sometimes get like decision paralysis. And that's something that like I've had to learn how to navigate where it was just like, okay, there's so many different things I can do, so many directions. I don't know where to go. And sometimes you get into this pattern of like wanting to do everything, but you you, you kind of have to slow down. Like, so, you know, when it comes to creators who want to start something and they want to find that distinct lane and not be deterred by all these different distractions, like what could you say to them um, from a creator standpoint, from an advertising standpoint, when it comes to like, you know, finding that lane and sticking with it, no matter what is happening around you? I think the priority is pick the topics that you love to talk about. And if you're not really sure, you can ask your friends like, hey, when you ask me questions about anything in life, what are the top questions you ask me? So for me, my friends would always ask me like, where are you eating, Tinger? And mm. how did you make that dish? And where did you go? You know, they wanted to know all of those things. So that's where I started and that's where I uh, put my focus on. Did you, for your friends, like were they like kind of like you said that that group where you did a little bit of A-B testing with and, and then having, was that like beneficial to have like a group of individuals who could really say like, hey, this is what I would think or this is what I would say or be curious to know? Yeah, actually, funny that you should mention that. When I came up with my blog name, Dash of Ting, I wasn't even sure what to call it. So I asked my friends on Facebook, I'm like, hey, I'm thinking about creating a blog, I'm looking for names. People throw out suggestions from there. I kind of pivoted it a little bit. And then finally I asked them like, hey, should it be called Dash of Ting or Dash of Tinger? And so I took a poll and it ended up being Dash of Ting. <laughs> uh, I mean, doing doing polls, that's great. Yeah. Cause like, especially when you're like, oh, I'm indecisive. I don't yeah. know. Like, and having <laughs> friends to help you with that has been great. Like, even when I said, I get sometimes decision paralysis and I'm just like, I, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it could be a lot. Uh, but I thought that, you know, earlier we had the conversation about how healthy food can be seasoned it can have flavor it can actually be delicious and there's a lot of different cultures that have these kind of healthy dishes that have these distinct flavors um, and taste good i know for me when it comes to my puerto rican heritage um, there's a lot of different foods that you can have that are healthy and also taste good and i'm sure when it comes to your culture too how much does your own individual culture play into the dishes and the content that you want to put out? I think it plays a huge part. I think growing up, my mom would always be like, try everything. And my dad's like, if you don't like it, just spit it out in a napkin. You'll be fine. But they would always encourage me to try something new. And I think in terms of like Taiwanese cuisine, there's such a variety where it could be like healthier, but also not healthy. So they really just pushed the envelope for that. And my parents would, you know, let me try different foods from all over the world. And, and that really helped kind of like shape my palate. When it comes to trying different foods, like how has that kind of, uh, I want to say change you as a person, but how has that opened your mind, whether it's content or just in general? Because like whenever you try new things, it's a new experience, and I feel like new experiences add on to you as, as an individual and as a person. I think when it comes to food, the more open-minded you are to trying it, I think the more open-minded you are in general about mm. things in life. And so when I meet new people and they're like, I love food, I'm like, 
you're my peeps. <laughs> we could be friends. And the ones who are like, oh, I can't eat this, I can't th eat that, with exception of like um, allergies, of course, then I, I, I think that, you know, those people, you know, maybe they just need some time. Maybe they just need a little bit of encouragement. Um, but if they're like, absolutely not, then, you know, um, maybe that's not my peeps. <laughs> yeah, I was, I okay. it is okay. And I agree. It's like, you should always try something at least once. Yeah. Uh, I even say sometimes try it twice because you don't know if that one place you went to and yeah. ate is not, does not make the best version of that yeah. specific dish. Yeah. Um, so you should always try it another place. Um, and, uh, I, I also think that, like, especially when it comes to the food content, there's so many different individuals, so many different people with so many different kinds of following. Do you ever feel pressured to continue to build your following to, like, big numbers? <sighs> All the time. <laughs> it is never ending. It's something that, as a creator, you wake up thinking about, you fall asleep thinking about. It's, um, you know, chasing the numbers is part of it but I try not to make that a priority because at the end of the day, it's like you have to be able to be comfortable in the content you're creating and the numbers don't necessarily mean that you're going to get like the book deal, the TV deals, all of those things. Um, if you stay your lane, stay your course, all of those things will eventually follow if that's what you want. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's hard because it's like, you have to think about the numbers, but you can't be completely distracted by the numbers because it will take away from like the content process because people followed you because of the content that you made. It's like a whole cycling period that, that, that you go through constantly. But there are some things that can help people to build their community. So from your experience, what's had, what has been something that has been beneficial for you when it comes to growing a strong and engaged community? I think also asking the audience what they're looking for. Once you've built up your your page based on the things that you love, you can also ask your audience like what are they looking for because maybe there's some information that you have left out that would be helpful for them. So just knowing what they want and kind of catering to that will also be helpful. But never losing sight of who you are as a person or what the kind of content you want to uh, make is, uh, you know, staying the course is important too. How do you sift through all those kind of like feedbacks and comments and and perspectives whenever you put an ask out or maybe you don't put an ask out and they still give feedback? Like, how do you sift through that to determine what's constructive, what's going to help you, um, what not to pick? Like, how do you determine that? I think about um, the three pillars of, at least on Instagram, of what I talk about, which is food, travel, and culture. So all of the suggestions that they provide, like I ask myself, does do those suggestions align with those three pillars? Mm. If the answer is yes, then that is definitely for consideration. And then I prioritize accordingly uh, based on time, interest, and um, whatnot. What do you do when you get stuck in like a rut or you get like a roadblock about like, okay, what do I need to do? What kind of content am I doing today? You know, cause we all have that. We, we can't always be super creative every single day. Um, sometimes I just take a break. <laughs> sometimes you need to take that mental break, go on a walk, maybe go on vacation. That's what I did um, last year. I went to Thailand because I just felt like I was in a slump, especially with the pandemic. I just didn't feel like creating content. The energy wasn't there. But as soon as I went to Thailand, I felt so inspired by all of the different activities, the foods, and then that pushed me to like create content again. So doing that. But 
that's not always available. Yeah. So another suggestion would be um, is to reach out to other content food creator friends, see what they're up to, or if you have a hype a hype person that can like you know lift you up and tell you to keep going, that also helps as well. Yeah, I've seen there's there's some creators that have like uh, like friend pods where they'll be able to bounce ideas off of each other and mm-hmm. get help in that and like. I use that sometimes, like I have certain friends who, we may not do the same things, but they are knowledgeable of the social media space. And I really like to get feedback about like, oh, what can I do differently? How can I improve? You know, what's something they liked? What's something they didn't like? Uh, but the trip one is definitely one of those. Like now that I can do trips or just take a break. Like I, I've gotten to the point now where I told my agent, at least once a quarter, I need a break. Where do we go? Uh, <laughs> where should we go next? Where, where do we go next? Uh, sometimes it's just me being home for a whole week and just falling off the face of the earth. Because yeah. I, I think it's, I think, you you know, having a, a process for yourself that works, making sure you're taking care of yourself is so important for your content. Because if you can't be the best version of you, you're not going to be able to put that in your content. Um so for you, like, when do you ever get to the point where you're like, all right, I'm getting to that burnout or I'm getting to that, all the that, time. that period yeah, all the time, <laughs> all the you're time. just like all the time I'm getting so burnt out. Yeah. Um, you know, one friend suggested to me at least one day out of the week, if not two days out of the week, just do nothing, you know, do nothing relating to content. And sometimes for me, it's hard to turn that off just because mm-hmm. I'm always thinking about it. Um, but she's right. And that's how she she's what she suggested to me in terms of like not burning out i'm still working on it (laughs) how do you look at like how how are you able to just like watch other content and turn it off or can you like can you watch like a netflix show and then be able to turn it off completely because there's i mean food is one of those things that it's integrated in everything pretty much yeah um no the answer (laughs) is no i'm trying to but no, I think there's a lot of things that can inspire us. Mm-hmm. Um, I could probably be better about like putting it in my phone, so that way once you write it down, like you can just move on. Yeah, I I have a notebook now that I carry with me, because for me, if I don't write it down, I'm just like it's gonna be stuck in my head. Mm-hmm. And I feel like once I, I it kind of like establish this pattern of like okay, when I write it down it's down, it's done. And then I'll go back to it later. And then I can think about something else. But if I don't, I get so fixated on it. And then like, then sometimes I won't be working. And then I'm like, next thing you know, I'm at my computer. Yep. Like typing some stuff. (laughs) Yeah, getting stuff together. So I've been trying to like have like an idea book that like once it's in, I close and that's Mm -hmm. it and I'll see it later. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it's hard. It really is hard to turn off. But um, there is a time for you to actually turn it off slightly, slightly. You do like agency consulting work now with your contemporaries. Uh, What made you want to get into that side of things at the same time that you're creating content? And you still are. Yeah, yeah. So this was back in 2017, 2018. I saw that there was a need from the brand side to reach out to more creators. And there were not that many platforms in order to do that. And then on the creator side, they had no way of like reaching brands or they didn't understand how to reach brands. And so I became, I felt like I could be a liaison between the two because number one, I was already integrated in the, the creator 
community. I know who is good, what their niches were. I And then from working corporate, I understood what the brands were looking for and how to put the two together. So for me, it's like a win-win for everybody. Do you feel like because you have gone through that content creation process and you are a content creator yourself, do you feel like that has helped you a lot more in insisting talent when it comes to those side of things? Because typically, in most traditional marketing and advertising space, most of those people aren't content creators themselves. You know, how has you being, you know, being a content creator, how has that helped you in that side of things? I think I'm able to speak the language of both parties and I'm able to like relay to um, the brand like, hey, based on what you're asking for, it would take about this amount of time because I've known from experience. And back then and even now, I think brands find it helpful that I'm able to understand their point of view, but also be able to like share like some insights that could better um, make that partnership with the creator. What do you, you know, for anyone who's, who works with a brand who's tuning in, like, what do you want them to understand when it comes to engaging, interacting, and working with content creators? Patience. <laughs> because, you know, creators are working with multiple brands, um, and they also want to create content that is authentic for their audience, um, but also is helpful for the brands. So sometimes it takes a little bit of time, and I know that sometimes brands are like, no, we want to push it out like a commercial. I just want you to read these lines, but that doesn't really sell to their audience or the brands. It just seems not authentic, not genuine, and the best partnerships are when the influencers are and creators are able to like, you know, create that relationship and trust um, through authenticity. Yeah, and also giving the creators time yeah. to do it all, yeah. you know? Yeah. They'll be like, hey, we need this by next week. Yeah. It's like, wait, but you just were going through the approval process. You took two weeks to approve of this. Like, I don't yeah. even have the product yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's it's been interesting because I, I, I have a similar kind of perspective where, you know, being a creator and then working on the business side. And it's so fascinating. Like, like you said, you have to be – basically a translator because there's so much stuff on the business side that that creators don't quite understand because they don't you know they're not looking under the hood mm -hmm. um, and then there's so many things on the other side when it comes to creators that more people who work with brands and, and big companies have to understand about the process and like the effort that it takes to even make a one minute content piece like it's not it's not a short time to like make those things those things can take yeah. time yeah. Um, and you know, those are some of the lessons that I'm sure you learned throughout your entire process. But like, what are some unexpected lessons that you've learned that you're like, oh, wow, I, I didn't I didn't realize this. I think to save time and be more efficient on both ends is number one, to really understand what the client's goal is from the creator side, um, because that reduces a lot of frustrations on the brand side, but also you can create content based on what the goals are. Um, just understanding that's really important. And you know, just being kinder to ourselves and being more patient with ourselves when it comes to creating content and knowing that nothing's gonna be 100% perfect, but if it's 80% good enough, um, the client will probably like really love it, but in our hearts, I feel like sometimes we think like, oh, this part could be better, but in actuality, it's probably already pretty good or close to perfect, and they should just push out the content. Yeah, and also sometimes the content you least expect to do well can do well. Yeah, 
because maybe you had the most fun doing it and it was organic and leading to like the World Cup series that I did. It was so much fun and I got a lot of engagement and people I'd met after I did the World Cup series are like, oh, I saw it. I'm like, you did? And it was really cool because it was something I loved doing. It was a lot of work, very stressful, but I loved it. So it was worth it. Was that one of your proudest moments or is there another moment or another content piece that you're most proud of? Yeah, I mean, I want to say my World Cup series is probably my most fun uh, series that I did. I think my partnership with Google for creators mm -hmm. was one of my more proud moments, only because I was able to share more about the Asian culture and our holidays and whatnot. Do you, so what does what does the future look like for Tinger? Like, what 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 can we expect? Are you gonna continue the content creation process and also doing the, the consulting and, and working with some contemporaries? Like, what does it look like for you moving forward? I want to still continue to do both because I love creating content to help people. And then on the agency side, I get to help my community in a different way and brands in a different way. So I want to continue doing that. And hopefully I can have a, you know, an a streaming deal um, where I can continue to share my love for food and travel and c continue to like incorporate my community as well and and a cookbook so okay okay <laughs> so when do you sleep I love naps <laughs> <laughs> so I nap whenever I get a chance to which is I want to say you know four out of five days uh, four or five days out of seven days a week I nap so oh naps are like my thing now yeah. I even schedule my calendar so no one books anything oh, during it. Yeah, so then there's no meetings, nothing. Because I have it set up where my team can actually look at my, look at my calendar and schedule things. Mm -hmm. So now I'll schedule, I'll just say like meeting. But in <laughs> actuality, I'm on my couch napping for an hour <laughs> and I like set that up. I need naps now. Yeah. I just, I, I think that like, I don't know, I'm very curious like what your thoughts are on just like hustle culture. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of young creators that are like, okay, I got to go, 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 be on 24-7, um, no sleep, caffeine, IV in my my veins. Like, you know, from, from your experience, like, what do you think about all of that? And, and do you necessarily have to have that hustle culture mentality to be successful? I think you have to have the internal drive constantly um, and also just being efficient with your time. I don't think to be busy just to be busy is helpful. I think being busy with efficiency is a lot more helpful, but sometimes even going out and meeting people, that can be a life changer for like many people in their careers. Like I've met a lot of people who've helped me give opportunities where you know if I just sat at home and just created content by myself all day like that probably wouldn't have helped me more so than actually going out and meeting people in my industry or you know right outside the industry. How important is networking and meeting people and engaging with people face to face? How important is that for content creators? Oh it is so so important not just for content creators for everyone in life like I got my first job from like networking I got my second job in digital advertising from networking I've gotten many brand opportunities from networking and when I say networking it's not just like oh I only want to work with you for business but I want to make a connection with someone genuinely because I find them interesting and you know we can like help each other out maybe at one point mm -hmm. um, yeah so networking is the number one takeaway that I would say like 
go out, meet new people, and you know, don't have any expectations. And if you can, help them. Always provide some kind of value to somebody, and eventually it will come back. You know, maybe not from that person, mm-hmm. maybe someone else. You just never know. But I think helping others is always a good thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think that you know, for some people, it's a challenge to network because. You know, some people are a little bit more shyer and some people may not know how best to go about. But like you said, just genuinely getting in, getting to know someone is more than enough. You know, you don't have to network for the expectation of getting something. Mm-hmm. Just network just to get to meet people mm-hmm. and, and get to know them. And so, yes, that could be a challenge for some people. But I also think that especially for this year, there's been a lot more challenges. We've seen a lot more budget cuts from sponsors and brands. Um, some other challenges, platforms changing, Twitter now X and all that, all that fun stuff. What are some other challenges that you are seeing as both a content creator and, and someone with that agency experience? I mean, definitely I agree with you. Like the budgets for a lot of uh, brand deals have significantly slowed down um, because of the recession or potential looming recession. Hopefully that'll pick back up during Q4, so we'll see. And um, I think, like you mentioned before, a little bit of the burnout, you know, people are getting a little bit tired because now we have a lot of things to do now that the pandemic is over, that people are going out more and just, you know, trying to slow things down and take it all in <laughs> and be appreciative. Yeah, it. I think the quarantine also like was a really big burnout time for a lot of people because mm-hmm. it's like, okay, they're home. They got to, you know, it's like you, everyone was home, everyone's on the internet. It's like, okay, let me try and get as much of holds of people and their attention because it won't be like this any other yeah. time. So yeah. I feel like that really contributed to it. Um, but, you know, you, you mentioned earlier that you want to continue on with the, you know, the agency work, you want to continue on the content creator work. You want to have your own book. You want to do all these things. Mm-hmm. Is there anything new that you want to do? Like any new direction or like your or or, or risk that you want to you want to take soon for your for your brand? Um, that's a really good question. It hasn't been something I thought about yet, but I will definitely think about it tonight. <laughs> I'll put it in my to do list. Um, no, I think maybe just visiting countries I haven't been to yet. Mm-hmm. I think would be wonderful and and just trying different foods from those countries would be fun for me and just making new friends. I love people. So, you know, if you want a new friend, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you're wonderful. When we first met, I was like, oh, she's so nice. Oh, yeah. Me too. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you also like share anecdotes, reflections, and I'm sure that that has been something that also like your followers and other people connect with you on. And so for you, like, how do you decide like what aspects of your life or your feelings or your thoughts to share to the public, to people, you know, especially considering that there's a very unique conversation around these like, you know, quote unquote parasocial connections um, that we see online. Mm-hmm. Everything that I share, I feel like it's the purpose is to be helpful for the community. So I'm not revealing about my dating life because that's not helpful to anybody, but more so about maybe 
social injustices that are happening, especially if I'm experiencing it or, you know, the my Asian community is experiencing that. I definitely have voiced my opinions on it, not as frequently, but I have just to show like, hey, you're my friend. I just want to share with you what's happening so you can have somewhat of an understanding. And I think with empathy, there's going to be compassion and we can share that with everybody. Do you ever like, I don't know, like, are there ever some of these helpful things that you know are helpful, but maybe you're a little bit like hesitant with with speaking or out or sharing? Because I know, especially during that time where, um, you know, Stop Asian Hate, uh, BML, BLM stuff, um, these were important conversations, but it was also, I think, challenging for, for a lot of us creators to really show a little bit of vulnerability when it comes to talking about these things and especially knowing that there's people who are not going to understand um so was it ever kind of like challenging where you're like okay this is important for me to talk about this is, this is going to help others but like you know that there could be repercussions or or things that come with it that you're you maybe are not ready for yeah, it's, it's something that I thought about before I posted a video about the Asian hate and what I experienced myself. And I wasn't sure what the feedback was gonna be, but I just thought like, you know what, these people that, you know, that are within my community, if they care about me as much as I care about them, I think at least they would be open to like listening and maybe potentially understanding and just creating a little more empathy based on that. Um, but again not very high expectations it was more just because i felt like this was authentic to myself mm -hmm. and i had people who told me like i don't agree with you i i don't agree that you you would put yourself out there like that because it's so different from the content your uplifting content that you typically do and and i said i totally understand but this is my journey this is what i want to share and not everybody will agree with me but that's okay because at the end of the day i have to live with myself nobody else does yeah how do you go about like this is this is actually it's weird for me to say but it's it's quite interesting how do you go about humanizing yourself to your audience because i feel like sometimes especially in the internet age people forget like we're all human beings um and you do have the power to humanize yourself when others may not humanize you like so how do you like how do you do that i think just you know i share the imperfect parts of me um online and the things that you know little quirks that i do that you know don't seem perfect like I, what like when i i don't know when i'm a messy eater or I'm just trying to think <laughs> what else I do. Um, or, you know, just sharing how I'm feeling about certain thing, events that are happening when mm. things are not so, like, you know, positive and things that make me sad. Yeah, I'll share about those things to show that, like, I'm human too. I'm not perfect. Um, but I think no matter what, I always tell myself, like, if I could record myself now and then look back in five years, am I going to be okay with my behavior? So that's something I always think about um, before I put any type of reaction, especially online. So that actually, what you said is has been part of an ongoing kind of controversial conversation about are creators responsible for their influence in their audience? What are your thoughts on that? When it comes to responsibilities, 
I say I give more power to the people who are watching the content versus the creators themselves because I feel like people are smart. They can make their own decisions. They um, the content creators are just speaking from their point of view, whether or not you agree or don't agree. There's a there's content creators that like I love their content, but I might not always agree with what uh, they you know, different aspects of their thought process. Um, but I'm my own person, and I feel like everybody is smart enough to make their own decisions. And if they're not, then maybe they should not be online, <laughs> especially if you're young and impressionable. But that's where hopefully, you know, parents and our community can really help raise um, the youth in that aspect. It's actually fascinating that you you had that perspective. I For me, I, 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 I agree, but... <clears throat> I think for me also, I, I've felt that there is some responsibility on creators and, and how, like, like for example, were you, when you were mentioning like, okay, the content that I put out, am I going to be proud of this later on? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, is this something that I want best representative of who I am and my community, you know, in some unique ways, it's kind of like, there is no responsibility on the creator, but I also think there's also a little bit of responsibility. It's a very interesting gray area. I think that a lot of people are, are talking about right now. And, you know, recently, um, more in the gaming space, like we're starting to see some of these repercussions of like creators where um, there's one Kai Sanat, he wanted to do a giveaway. And he was like, oh, I didn't realize thousands, thousands of people were coming out. And it like, quote, mm -hmm. it, like the police said it incited a riot. Oh my um, gosh. And then another talent, he, put out his own personal opinions when it came to, um, uh, how, do, how do I phrase it, Ben? He like put out, it was Nick Merckx. He gave out his own opinion on um, LGBTQ plus, uh, like uh, it was just something in Florida that was happening. Of course it's Florida, but basically longs, yeah. Was, uh, <laughs> gosh, Florida, let's just saw it off yeah. at this point. Um, but. He put his opinion out. It wasn't worded right, and mm -hmm. it got him in a little bit of trouble. And so, mm -hmm. from you know, l let's turn on your agency side. <laughs> well, actually, can I can I interject for one? Second? Oh yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So I do want to say that's where the human element of a creator is is that like when they say something they're they may or may not be thinking ahead especially if they're quite young and they're human too so mm. like maybe the way that they communicate wasn't as effective as they were hoping it would be but also what are the intentions of like how they said it why they said it where does it come from like those things also need to be taken into perspective and mm. at the end of the day sometimes people just flat out make mistakes i'm not perfect either and i think sometimes that uh the public is not as forgiving when maybe they they should be uh, I'm not saying that the creators are not at fault at all and they should definitely take some responsibility knowing that people are watching them and be a little bit more careful but at the end of the day we're all human creator or not creator like we're all human still and we all make mistakes oh yeah absolutely I think that like those were just some of the big instances that happened in in gaming and I always wonder like how can we how can we balance what you said in terms of the humanizing factor with accountability because it's like it's it's like the internet is essentially the wild wild west and it's like especially for creators it's like how can we be able to do that especially since there's so many young creators now who literally grew up on the internet like we didn't grow up on the internet so it's like i don't know i guess it's so fascinating and like how like how do you from from people who 
or maybe on the like agency side or like work with the talent um mm -hmm. because you you have that experience that duality experience you know how can us as industry people help guide these creators and guide them towards you know uh i mean not necessarily making mistakes because they're going to make mistakes but like you know having better processes and systems in place so that it can minimize these kind of mistakes without taking away from who they are as yeah. individuals yeah i think this is something that i practice myself is if i if there's something that i want to say and it may not come out as eloquently like as I would like it to be because maybe I'm emotionally you know on edge or <laughs> fired up um, I will ask someone beforehand like hey this is the message I want to put out is there a way that I can still keep that message but maybe say in a way that is gonna be well received ah uh, yeah <laughs> sometimes though it's hard because sometimes at least for me sometimes i'm like there's no other way to say this like just i just gotta just i just gotta it. say it <laughs> no recently i because i i kind of had that moment recently where you know in in the gaming space we're going through a very unique uh period of time of a uh, unique financial period of time where there's mm. like several companies that are falling mm. they're going to bankruptcy all mm. that stuff and um you know, a lot of creators don't always get to see what's behind the scenes and, and, and even I can even say like some creators don't fully understand the business yeah. of the industry that they're in. And so sometimes it's hard where it's just like, listen, this is what it is. Like, this is just the real. I'm sorry. Like, I don't know how else to, to phrase it. Like, do you ever mentor, you know, especially the, the, the creators who are in the food scene, right? Like, or just in general with yeah. the agency work you do, like, yeah. like, how do you keep it? Like, how do you keep it real with them about, like, the, that business side while also maintaining, like, hey, like, this is how it is, but, like, we can take these necessary steps to, like, get you to where you want to go? I think the number one suggestion I have for people is ask them, like, are you open to, you know, my recommendation or are you open to, like, hearing something that could be potentially helpful for you. That's number one, because if you have someone who doesn't want to listen, just forget it. You're talking to a brick wall. It doesn't make sense. You're wasting your time. But as soon as they're like, yes, this is, I'm open to it, or maybe they'll say, like, I'm open to only this part of what you want to say, then you can, like, speak accordingly and help them accordingly. So I always ask before I make suggestions to content creators, because otherwise I'm wasting my time, and I don't have time for that. <laughs> uh, I started doing that with with my friends like anytime yeah. they come to me i'm like do you want me to just listen or yeah. do you want my opinion yeah exactly and it works out yeah but sometimes it doesn't because even when they ask for the opinion they're like oh it wasn't the opinion i wanted to hear i'm like oh you know i'm here to look <laughs> out for you that's yeah. that's just how it is all right well tinger the last question i always ask everyone on the show is what is that one advice that one real gem that you want people to walk away from when it comes to this episode be kinder to yourself, be patient with yourself. Everything's gonna be okay. Everything's gonna work out exactly how it's supposed to. So just take it one day at a time. And if you can take a nap, take a nap. <laughs> take a nap, that is one of the best advice I've ever, ever learned. Tanger, thank you so much. You. Where can everyone find you on social media and the internet? Yeah, you can go to um, my blog, dashofting.com. You can find me on Instagram and YouTube as well. 
YouTube and Instagram. Gotta love them. Tanger, thank you so much for joining us thank today. You. And thank you to all the viewers and listeners who are tuning in. Comment. Let us know. What was your favorite part of this episode? I mean, of course, aside from all the amazing food you're going to see in the B-roll, right? And also, if you enjoyed today's episode, well, guess what? We have many more coming up soon. But until then, I will catch you all later. My name is Aaron Ashley Simon, and you're watching Real Gems.